morning, friends. If you are cold, let's stand together and warm up and worship. Nothing's wasted, oh, not a second in my life. Nothing 
It 
chorus once more. Please be seated. Good morning, friends here in the First Presbyterian Church who are here in the room right now. And for those of you who are joining us online, good morning, First Presbyterian family. What do you say, huh? Huh? We, we at First Presbyterian Church are building a family, and this is how we're doing it. We're building real relationships that result in real transformation, relationships with each other, with God. And the next thing you know, lives change dramatically. Today is an extra special day. God wants our family to grow, not so that we get God's blessing and sit on it, but so that we can multiply it. Today, you're going to see two ways the family is growing. We're going to baptize some kids. And then we're going to secondly receive some new members. And God's going to help to make our family bigger because we're also then going to be a blessing. And the third thing you're going to see today is these unbelievable men who are leaders in the mission of young life in Ethiopia and Kenya. This is going to be a special morning. I promise you that. Let's uh, turn a switch right now. Flick it. Decide that you're going to make yourself present to God. Aim yourself at God. Allow yourself to connect with God. Watch relationships happen with God and with each other. And watch your life change so that you and I can be God's bigger, healthy, vibrant family making a transformational difference in our city and even in Ethiopia, even in South Africa, even in Kenya, and all over the world. So let me pray for us. We thank you, gracious God, that you take over and you make us into new people. And we want to be transformed people. We want to connect with you. We want to connect with each other. We want to experience your presence, your blessing, so that we can then do what you want us to do. Not sit on it, but explode out into the world. Gracious God, thank you that we get to do that. We always, when we're here, we stop and we pray. And there are people on our minds right now who are hurting. And we're going to take 30 seconds of silence and simply remember them. We can't possibly know them all. We don't know their names, but we know people. And we're going to pause now, and we're going to let these people be known in our hearts to you.
Again, thank you, gracious God, for a great day, a great morning, a chance to celebrate, a chance to get connected, a chance to be comforted, a chance to be challenged. That's the reason we're here together, in person and online. All of that adds up to us being brand new people that you, you will use in the world in a particular way for each one of us. So we gather, we sing, we pray, we listen, we celebrate in the name of Jesus who rescued us. Amen. If you are here with us and you would like us to know that you're here and we don't know you by name, we have this thing called a Connect card. You can see it now. You can QR code it or you can, you can go online later and fill it out. Please do that and we'd be happy to help you figure out how to connect in ways that are transformational. And I believe that McLean Murphy is next. <laughs> Good morning. I have two events this is for families that we are so excited about offering. The first is on Tuesday night, February 1st, and it is called Revolutionizing the Talk. We know for parents of middle schoolers and high schoolers, maybe the thing you dread the most in parenting is having the talk with your kids. And so we want to invite you to come and to be empowered and equipped to have conversations with your teenagers. So it's an event from 6 to 8 p.m., it's, we're going to have dinner. We're going to have free child care. We can't wait. Um, our student ministry director, Bryce Lynn, is going to lead this with excellence. We hope you'll come. The following Tuesday on February 8th, we're doing the same thing, but this one is the birds and the bees, and this is for parents of kids birth through age 10. And if you have a little itty-bitty one in your arms, you're like, I've got an infant. I'm not thinking about the birds and the bees conversation with my kids yet but we invite you to come because we're going to lay foundational, basic principles that are going to be a part of your conversation with even your youngest kids. I'm going to lead it along with our children ministry director, Rachel Godin. We are so excited about this night. You're going to leave feeling confident. It's free childcare again, and we have dinner. We're so excited for these events and hope you'll register on our website and plan on joining us. I'm up again. Every time we gather, we remind you of your generosity. And I've already suggested the way I want us to think about this. There's five ways that you can give, but listen carefully. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And here's the generosity I want you to be proud of. This church, as a part of its tithe, is helping make Young Life, the mission that these two men are here we're celebrating this morning, make Young Life happen in the country of South Africa. If you would like to participate in the generosity of blessing the family, the whole family, the earth, keep doing what you're already doing. You can do it this way. There's a generosity box in the back. And either way, yay, God, this is just awesome what's going on in the world today. And we're going to leave here so excited to see God's work in other parts of the world. Thank you. Yeah. Friends that are standing in the back, I see empty seats here and there. If you're brave, bring it on up. Just bring it on up. One, two, three, four, five. They're there. So I I'm mentioned earlier that there are three special things happening. The first one right now is we're going to make our family bigger because we're going to add some new members right now. Yep, and I want to invite uh, my friends that are joining this morning, if you would come forward and stand on either side of the stage, just come on up, and I'm going to be introducing you as you do. Uh, so all the way to my left, my beautiful blonde friend, that's Morgan Quessenberry. She's a manager with Protivity, and they do a business performance improvement. She um, is focused on accounting and finance. She's already serving as an usher. She's not only on the serve 
uh, Serve Day team, she's actually vice chair for next year, and we're so grateful and excited. Um, Jen and Travis Berry are right here, and um, they have two precious kids, Paige and Walker, three and a half and five and a half, and Jen is a partner with Baldwin Kristen Sherman, and um, Travis is general counsel and chief compliance officer for Clear Gauge, and we're just delighted you're here. They've been a part of us for a long time, but they wanted to take that next step of commitment to this body of Christ. Uh, Michael and Sarah, where, oh, there you are. Michael and Sarah Albany, we've been knowing each other since they were kids, got really close when they were in high school with Young Life, and Michael and my son Reed grew up together. They participated. Our son Reed. Sorry, sorry. If I'd have said my son Reed, oh, I'd be a dead man. <laughs> Everyone's not, yes, of course. Um, and, uh, they participate in Reed's life group in this church. It's super fun. And we baptized their girls a couple weeks ago. You may remember Elle laying flat on the ground, having not anything to do with it. She was not having it. And then Cheryl and, there you are, <laughs> Cheryl and Steve Earhart. These are the parents of Mike Earhart, members of this church, Mike and Jessica. And um, they are retired, but she's an artist. He's a gardener. And they're excited about really hooking in and getting to know all of you. Isn't this great? So um, as we celebrate you, I, yeah, and I want to ask, um, you come to us as followers of Jesus, and you've chosen to be a part of the body of Christ here at First Press. Will you promise to love the Lord with your heart and your soul and your mind and grow in your calling to be a faithful follower of Jesus? If so, say we will. And will you share with us in prayer and worship and service to the Lord so that together, all of us, we can glorify God and make him look really good? If so, say we will with God's help. And finally, I want you to just know that our uh, welcome of you comes with a promise. And we promise to love you, care for you, pray for you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. We're going to be cheering you on. So let's cheer them on now with gratitude. Welcome. Welcome. I didn't, I didn't know you worked with Elizabeth. And you'll be meeting with Fitz in that room before you exit today after church, just briefly. Please have a seat. And now we get to just continue celebrating. Keep making the family bigger. Here yeah. it comes. So we're going to enjoy the fact that we have two baptisms this morning. And we're going to be baptizing little... Hudson Nicolaisen, whose mom and dad are Megan and Eric, if you'll come forward. And his cousin, we're going to be baptizing little Carson, and he is the son of Allison and Nate Walsh. So we've got cousins going on. Nate and Megan are brother and sister, and I want to welcome big brothers and sisters, Addie and Callan for Carson and Liam for Hudson, um, and then grandparents, Vic Garcia, um, Denise Mimi from Heaven. Uh, Martin, David Martin, Frank and Barbara Walsh, Kim and Lori Nicolaisen, great-grandmother Marianne Thigpen, great aunts and uncles, all of you, we're so glad you're here to celebrate with us today. Just take a look for a minute. I told you that God blesses us, and God does. And you can see that Megan is in tears. She's thinking about Mimi, who died a little over a year ago, and her mom. And, but this is a family. What we're doing is family. God makes our family bigger. 
God makes our family bigger, blessing us, and then God asks us to go and do God's work in the world. And all of that is what's going on here today. When you and I participate like this in a baptism, let me invite you to reaffirm your pledge of your covenant love to the almighty God of the universe who you know loves you in Jesus Christ. That's an active role that we can all take right now. I reaffirm my decision to be a Jesus follower right now today, even as we share in that with these folks here this morning. So Allison and Nate and Megan and Eric, as you bring your sweet boys for baptism this morning, do you claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If so, say we do. And will you promise to teach your boys about Jesus? Read scripture to them, pray with them and pray for them, teaching them what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus if so, say we will with God's help. All right. I'm going to take little Carson. Come here, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming behind you. Excusez-moi. <laughs> Carson Victor Walsh, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at your sweet face. Oh, thank you. All right, babe. I'll have two or three eight and a half by 11 glossies. This is Hudson Charles Nicolaisen. Hudson Charles, son of the covenant. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, as we celebrate and thank God, we're thankful for the godparents also, for little Carson, Lindsay Kenyon, and um, Matt, yes, and uh, Steve, your husband, or Kevin McGuire. And we're so grateful that you are godparents, but friends, we're all godparents too. And we get to dial into their lives and support them. So I want to ask all of you, will you promise to love and care for these children and surround this family and these two families so that one day Hudson and Carson will be able to claim faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? If so, say we will. There we go. Thank it would be you. just fine if everybody went yay or clapped or something like that. I did it at the end. Okay. Aw, sweet. My notes. Friends, this growing family party is going to now go to stage three, which is to celebrate the bigness of God's heart, even as we today experience what it means to be people aligned with folks serving in ministry and mission in the continent of Africa. Yeah. So I want to invite Richard and Mogus to come forward, if you would, while I talk about you. Um, I'm going to introduce them in the Mission of Young Life, which is a non-denominational Christian outreach to teenagers around the world. Young Life Africa happens to be the fastest growing part of Young Life in the world. It was made for teenagers because Sub-Sahara Africa, get this, 60% of the population of Sub-Sahara Africa is age 25 and younger. So you understand what that means. And so that means it's a continent ripe 
to reach and love teenagers. So I want to introduce Mogus first. He is in charge of Young Life in the Horn of Africa. That's Ethiopia, his home country, and Somalia and Djibouti. We all want to wear the t-shirt that says Young Life in Djibouti. Okay, yeah. Shake your Djibouti. Okay. Mogus speaks uh, three languages, Amharic, English, and a tribal language. And then um, I want to introduce Richard Adongo from Kenya, um, and he leads Young Life in Kenya. Richard, uh, they both have kids. Mogus has a son who's three years and nine months old, and he calls him Papaye, which is, it's like saying daddy, right? And then Richard has two sons, and 17, and his youngest called him Deer, Deer, which is just precious and beautiful. He speaks four languages. He's one up on you, Mogus. <laughs> Swahili, English, and uh, two tribal languages, of which there are 47 languages in Kenya and 87 in Ethiopia. So they're kind of low, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Um, but what we're excited about is Mogus is going to lead us in this great song, and he's going to tell you what it means, and we're going to just enjoy it. Mogus? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> I'm Mogus again, and glad to be here. So happy. And uh, we're going to sing one uh, special song we have. It's uh, from southern part of Africa. And... Uh, South Africa call it uh, a tribe called Zulu, Zulu tribe. So this uh, tribe used to have a king, and uh, the song say Bayeti, as you see, like Bayeti. Bayeti means king, king of chief, you know. So Bayeti in Kosi, like king of king, you know. So like we'll sing this song. We love this song very much. And uh, back home when we sing, we don't just sit and sing. <laughs> and we don't sing it like with a missionary dancing, you know? <laughs> you know, you have to move, you know, shake whatever you have, you know? That makes sense for us. So, love to invite you all to stand with us and to sing. And dance. So, so we have different kind of dance. One of the dance, the easiest dance you can dance with us is like this, you know, cha, cha, jump cha. to the right, hey. step on the right, something like Can you do that with me? Let's try hey. Let's see. Very easy. One, two, three, four. Boom. Hey. Boom. You're, you're good. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Greatness, who can know your power? 
Kosi Baeti, King of King Baeti, Baeti in Kosi Baeti in Kosi Min, King of Kings. Please be seated. I like that, though. You were ready to dance some more. I just know it. We're grabbing these benches, and thank you. So we're going to do this kind of interview style, and we're going to have some fun. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy what these men have to say. Um, just to start off, would you be willing uh, to run over there and point out the Horn of Africa and Ethiopia, Mogus, so that people understand where you're from and then what you're in charge of? And you see the horn, right? So that's why it's called the Horn of Africa. Thank you, Mogus. Richard, would you point out Kenya? Okay. The small part that you see here, this is where Kenya is. As small as it is, it carries around 47 million people here. So this is Kenya. So as he comes back to the seat, what I want you to understand is what you just heard between the Horn of Africa and between Ethiopia, actually, and Kenya, you have about half the population of the United States. We are 330 million, so they would comprise about half of that. Just in that little, you can fit several United States in the continent of Africa. So... Um, as we begin, I wanted to ask you all if you would each share a ministry story, and Mogus, if you would start. Okay, so I'm doing ministry in uh, uh, Ethiopia mainly, but like I'm a senior regional director for Young Life uh, Horn of Africa, so I'm supervising Somalia and Djibouti. So, like, I have a very beautiful story uh, I can share for you guys, and uh, Wherever I travel, I share those stories for many people like, because that uh, story really touched my heart, changed my heart in somehow. So I like, love to guys to hear that. So when you come to this uh, Horn of Africa region, it's mainly a Muslim-populated region. Somalia, 99%. Djibouti, 99%. When you come to Ethiopia, 35% are Muslim. Muslims. Yeah. So... Uh, in Ethiopia, we have a religion tension and uh, talking about Jesus is not the easiest thing and you will be persecuted somehow, some places and uh, you might be end up killed some places and not like this, you know, freely whatever you want to do. 
you know. So whenever you talk about Jesus, the first thing come to people's mind back home is you're there to change their religion. So like we are, we are always careful with that. So like we'd love to uh, share you a story. Both of them are, used to be a Muslim kids and uh, their life changes, I mean like uh, amazing. So we'd love to share uh, two of them. The first one is Muhammad. His name is Muhammad. As you, Muhammad is a Muslim name, of course. So Muhammad came to our, we call it club, like, you know, uh, a ministry places and uh, start attending the club. He loves the fun part, you know, enjoying a lot, but like uh, uh, the message part, he always like be at the back or sometimes go out. So like he used to keep coming, 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 hearing the stories and everything. Nobody pushed him to, do, to be converted, but like it was like open a door for him to hear about who God is, who Jesus is, and what he has done for us. So like uh, he, from the testimony he heard from some of the kids and then leaders, and by himself also like after he heard, heard the story of Jesus and repeatedly, and he convinced it. And then one time he came to his leader, uh, Sami, and he asked him, I want to know more about Jesus. And Sami was very surprised. And Sami told me, as I, I am you know, his senior. So I start following Muhammad. And then I ask him all the detailed things he told me about his families and it's how it's very hard. But like he said, like a kind of something I'm convinced here. Just really want to hear more about. So I, I start, you know, sharing him about Jesus deeply, how he came and what he has done and what Jesus wants from us. And then after a few months, it's like I would say like five to something months, like he decided to follow Jesus. And I prayed with him. He made, I mean, personal commitment with Jesus. And then after that, that was the hardest part for us. So like we do in Ethiopia, when Muslim uh, become changed, uh, they will be kicked out from their house or the biggest thing they do is because they don't want their kids to be, you know, Christian. They can slaughter them, even their son, their children. There's something like that. So like one time Muhammad came to me and he said like Moji, they call me Moji, my nickname is Moji Mogas. So Moji, I need a Bible. And then I say, oh no, what if your parents found out and you have to, you know, we have to do it wisely and then you come have Bible study with us, but at home you don't have to take any. And he said, like, Moji, I know where I'm going to put the Bible. Just give me the Bible. And I gave him the Bible. And then he put it in his friend's house. And every morning, he used to run. And, when, and then after that, he'd go to his friend's house and open the Bible and read it. Hmm. Every day. Hmm. Every day he used to. And uh, Muhammad, I mean... Like in our eyes, he become like changed. I mean, like I'm mean, tremendously. I mean, his life changed, and then become a very lovely person. And then, so we were praying for him. And then finally, when he joined university, now he become free. Since he's staying in the university, 
he joined a Christian fellowship there in, in, in university. He grown up. Even after that, he became a volunteer leader in Young Life Ministry. So that story really, I mean, like changed my life forever. And I can't keep, you know, uh, silent for this kind of great story I'm telling for people. So keep praying for Muhammad so that he will be strong more and strong. And the other girl who I really want to lo uh, love to share is, her name is Aziza in the uh, eastern part of Ethiopia, most of eastern part of Ethiopia, the highest Muslim populated. And she, the same like Muhammad, started coming to the club and attending. And uh, so uh, there was a leader, we call her Addis. She was following her. And then uh, Aziza used to come at the club. And uh, she used to come first with hijab and this whole dress up. And then when she come to the club, she take it off, dance with us, celebrate, singing. And then when she go back home, she put it back and then go in the other ways to home so that nobody will see her. And then she, she will come, keep coming. And then her life become, I mean, changed in the club. I mean, by seeing everyone, building relationship with every kids and leaders, like her life become, you know, kind of change. And then deeply she want to, uh, she asked to do something, commitment with Jesus and to grow more. So I just follow up her and then help her to do commitment prayer with Jesus. She made, I mean, commitment prayer with, Jesus, uh, with uh, Addis. And then after that, she become growing in, in the club. So Aziza was different than Muhammad. Addis, Addis say, Aziza say like, I know who changed my life. I never been happy in, throughout my life. This is, I mean, since I start coming to young life, my life has changed. Now I'm a happiest person. And there is no any reason I can hide talking about Jesus. And she, and then go the family house, and then she got a Bible from uh, Addis, and then she hide it at home, and then start to read it. One time when she was reading, her mom found her. And then her mom said, how could you bring the Bible here home? They call it haram in Muslim. So how could you? And then her, her mom took the Bible, tears, burn it. And she said, don't ever bring any Bible in this house. And then next time she found her when she's praying. And then she asked her uncle, Aziza's uncle, to come home with his, a shaky Muslim, a leader, and uh, to convince Aziza. And he said, like, you have to. And he said, he asked her, you have to deny Jesus and continue as a Muslim. And Aziza said, look, whatever you do, I'll never, I'll never, I mean, stop following Jesus Christ and become Christian. So he beaten her and then even used a knife, cut many parts of her body. Two times she'd been hospitalized. And then even before that, we advised her and she said, no, Jesus had done so much for me. I can't be quiet. 
telling about Jesus for people. My friends, I'll go. Let them kill me. Mm. And then after the hospital, she continued. And her mom even like put her to be arrested in a jail. But like God, I mean, I mean, in surprising way, he took her out. And then after that, Aziza moved another town, stayed in the friend house, and continued with Christ. So Aziza baptized in the name of Jesus and then became a church member. And then she became one of our, you know, strong leaders back in that town. And this is how the Lord is doing and just... Wow. A glimpse of, you know. Richard, would you be willing to share a ministry story? Yes, thank you. So uh, we celebrate a lot, as Moji has said, in uh, Africa and in our country. And Jesus has done a lot since the ministry began that if we start sharing, I don't think it's going to come to an end. We began with one a club or a ministry uh, back in 2004, and today we celebrate over 350 ministries in the country. Uh, we started with very few, less than 10 leaders. Today we celebrate more than 1,200 volunteer leaders across the country who are reaching on a weekly basis over 25,000 kids on a weekly basis. And uh, last year, we discipled 50,000 plus uh, teenagers into Christ and uh, meeting them on a weekly basis. And uh, in our club, we knew and kids who attended our clubs or ministry were 100,000 for only last year. So you can imagine since 2004, how many kids have gone through uh, the ministry up to date through these leaders. So those are so many stories, so many, many stories. But I want to share about uh, one of my kids that I met back in 2015. 2015. He was still a young man, a, a boy still in high school, and uh, he was raised in a family that was polygamous. The dad had four wives. The dad had four wives, and he was a son of the, the, for, the fourth wife. So there were three wives who were ahead of her mother, uh, his mother. And uh, the first wife in this family was a Muslim. And uh, every kid that was born and raised in this family had to follow uh, the lady, the first, uh, the first wife. Because he is there. We call a big mama, uh, my big mama. Any, any wife who is ahead of your, your mother is like your big mama. And then uh, the ladies that are married behind them, those are my small mother. So you believe in your mother and she's given that respect as their elder mother or their big mother in the family. And having been a Muslim, he convinced all the kids that were raised in this family, including even the three women behind him, had to join his Muslim and even the father. Some of them had even to change their Christian names into Muslims' names. Mm. So... I met Frederick back in 2015 when he was still in the high school. Journeyed with him, coming for campaigners after giving his life in Christ. Not, as Moja said, it is not easy for you to go and share this in the house. 
but after like two years of journeying with these boys, he became so courageous uh, at his last year of high school and started to be courage, uh, brave enough to speak about Jesus in the family. And uh, the boy managed to change uh, every, almost everyone apart from the lady, uh, the first wife in the family, to turn into Christian. And I saw a lot of leadership in this boy and started mentoring him and uh, uh, mentor, uh, developing him into the leadership of Young Life. And today, as we speak, uh, Frederick is leading the universities and mm. the colleges in the country as our uh, area director in charge of all the colleges and universities. So he's doing a great job. He has over 100 uh, leaders uh, behind him that he's really uh, developing and making sure that they are attending to our colleges and university uh, in Kenya. So we thank God and so many other stories that are there that we really celebrate and uh, see that God uh, can change someone. God can do a lot uh, beside the growth of the ministry. So thank you so much. There are so many teenagers, the majority really without parents. Um, you have also, though, what is called psychological orphans, and they have parents, but their parents are not present because they are hopeless. That's one. The other is survival. Mom or dad are out trying to make enough money for a meal, so they're not present. So you have kids without parents and then kids who are psychologically orphaned. And that's where Young Life steps in so powerfully. Uh, and I know you have ministries with street kids and kids in prisons. And um, it's kids that uh, pregnant teenage moms and on and on it goes. Uh, girls who are prostitutes. Um, they're reaching all these kids. Um, I know as African men, as you think about, you know, what the Lord is teaching you right now, and what he's showing you, and you look at us as Americans, um, what would you want to share with us, and what's on your heart from the Lord that you want us to hear um, as you minister to us and help us understand Jesus even more? Okay. As Kathy uh, has said, many of young people or children uh, go under a lot of uh, psychological often, meaning the parents are there, their biological parents are there, their relatives are there, but nobody's taking care. The way we were raised, uh, uh, that is a very big difference that I see here in America, that people can sit together, uh, parents coming together with their children to church for baptism. I was taken by only my mother, my, my dad was not there. and. Uh, I've seen this in ministry because it makes kids also to lose hope. They take the ministry uh, leaders or leaders in ministry to be their parents. And even the parents themselves take us to be the parents of their kids. If any, uh, if any of their kids gets into trouble in school, is chased away from school for maybe doing something wrong, the parents will call a young life leader that you are son your daughter has done this in school. You need to go there. It's the parent who is calling me. It's the parent who is calling Moji. 
It's the parent who's calling the leaders down there that they need to go and stand for their kid in the name of you are his parent. And this one has made a lot of change. This is, uh, the kids now feel loved. The, kid, the kids feel loved. Even when they grow to adulthood, they want to marry. They will consider a young life leader to go and represent him when he's making this uh, broad step because he believes there is a relation, uh, a very special relation between him or her with the leader than with his parent. And uh, this is only joined or the sign in between is Jesus. And therefore, what my advice or my, what my teaching to you is, let us embrace Jesus. Let us relate with Jesus. I know there are so many things that we go through as human beings. There are so many things that the world is changing and having so many challenges. But the moment we take Jesus and add him into our life, then there is great things that happen. There is a lot that happen. Let us bring the burdens and uh, our troubles to him because his yoke has a lot of peace. His yoke is light. And the good thing is he takes all that and you feel that freedom. You feel that free. The joy that you need comes from him. And I'm going to share just a, uh, a few uh, lines from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 11, that is uh, verse 27, uh, 28, 29, and 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I, I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find the rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Four things here that we need to uh, uh, know. One is there is always an alternative when it comes to God. There are so many things that troubles us, but God has the alternative. What we only need to do is to go unto him because he has that solution of that trouble that we have. In this time of pandemic, everybody was like, where is the world going to? It began with one country, one person, and there it is. And with God, with the prayers, with the trust that we have in him, we are seeing things like going back uh, to normalcy. And I know if we continue hoping like that, things are going to be fine and uh, our life is going to go back to normalcy. Number two is we may only see one solution, but as we, lear uh, we, we learn from him, he will show us his way. So the things that you are going through, you might be struggling under seeing that that is the only solution. But if you learn on him or we lean on him, then there is an alternative and an easier way uh, with him, uh, uh, with Jesus. The third one is he will lead you gently like a shepherd who takes care of his sheep. He will lead you gently. So the moment you add him to your life, 
then he leads you. Your path becomes so gently, not with bumps, not with potholes, but a, a, a road that is so uh, smooth and so uh, encouraging. And then the last thing is, as you learn to depend on him, it will result to a deep peace within your heart. It will result to that deep peace within your heart. The troubles that you have, it may be your family, may be your work, may be your, your, your parents, your kid, anything. So let us embrace him and we'll go, we are going to have that a peace within our heart. Thank you. Thank you. And Bogus, I can give you a minute. Um, maybe two, um, to share what's on your heart to give to American followers of Jesus. Yeah, so back home it's a common scene, orphan kids, street kids, and uh, even kids, young kids in prison. And uh, back home in Ethiopia, uh, for we have a ministry for prison, use prison use prison who are arrested I mean doing those all bad things and uh, we have like orphans who lost their parents both parents and have no anybody around them I see them on the street I mean it's a normal thing there you see and then whatever they get from people they'll take it and then they eat something there and sleep by the roadside there and uh, Orphans, you, you find them like some orphanages we have, like even they grown up. I mean, I mean you, you can find like a, a one month or a three months babies. I mean, uh, the mother just dropped them somewhere, you know, in the, under the bridge or something. And uh, the police found it and then brought them in orphanage. They're grown up there. They have no... Even when they grow up, they have no news. I mean, like, idea who their parents were or something. It's very challenging for us to see that. And I grew up in a family who loves the Lord. And uh, I've got a chance to meet Jesus because of their, you know, contribution in my life. And these kids are hopeless out there. And that's every day what we see. And, you know, it discourages you. You do what you can do. But like Ethiopia is 110 million people. Imagine like it's overwhelming. I mean, who will, I mean, follow, which, which kid are go, you, you will follow and which one you will live in? You know, it's, you don't have any choice. Whatever you can do, but like it's overwhelming by the end of the day when you back home, you're not rejoicing, but like, you know, you go back home with heartbreaking. And so, uh, what I want to say is like, I always share this for people. I believe prayer is very important in our life and praying for the people, the country. And I should pray for my people, and uh, they don't have anyone. I mean, because I know Jesus, and I love them, and not the same things what Jesus had done. Jesus was expected to expected to born in a good family, or a 
born in a nice place, but never. And then they were expecting Jesus will be in the temple or, you know, preaching there as a preacher or, but never. He walked in the neighborhood, loved people there, touched them, accepted them. And one of the stories really I love is a leper came to him. And then if you want, you can heal me, he said. And then no one used to touch the leper at the time. But Jesus, first he touched his leper, and then I love to be I love you to be healed, he said. So he was he walked in the neighborhood every time and you know, praying and bless the people. So I encourage this you guys to keep praying mm -hmm. for you people and for people in the world so that the Lord will interfere interfere with the situation what we see. Only he can change, and we cannot, because we cannot address all over. And me and uh, Richard, we got a chance to come here and to share. But like there are millions of young you know, leaders out there who, can, who can't get a chance to. So lastly, I have one word. Okay. Short, I just want to read that word, but like Isaiah 41.10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thank you, Morgus. And um, <laughs> so to close, in Africa, the, the tradition in prayer, as you've admonished us, is um, that we, when we would visit on all the mission trips we've done since 2006, many of you have been with me there, uh, we would get in the middle and the African staff would gather around us and pray in their languages over us. And uh, they would pray all at the same time and it sounded like the voice of angels. Um, Mogus and Richard have agreed to pray over us in Amharic and Swahili, and it's going to happen at the same time, and I just want you to receive their prayers over you to close. Amen. Let me pray over them as we close, and then let's just cheer for what God is doing, that we even get to be a part of that is an unbelievable blessing. Thank you both so much.
Heavenly Father, our hearts are so full of gratitude for these two men, uh, my friends Mogus and Richard, and all that they represent, Father, and just their love for teenagers on a continent that is full of teenagers. Jesus, we ask that you would burst open the doors for more leaders to reach more kids, whether they're orphaned and mom and dad are completely gone or psychologically orphaned and they are hopeless and abandoned. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would continue to bear fruit in this um, continent, on this continent, and Lord, that you would um, help us to know ways that we can pray, love, care for, and encourage and come alongside them, Father. And Lord, thank you that these men have shared their hearts with us, putting our own hearts on fire to love you more. In Christ's name we pray with so much gratitude. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everybody, and come meet my friends.